I'm Brian Maddox. I am the host of Podcast Chef. With me today is Juliana Whitney. She is the founder of Can Strategy and Leap Sheets. Uh, she's been consulting for seven years. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for coming along. So um, could you do us a quick favor and tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from? I sure can. <laughs> so I have, I've always been super entrepreneurial and I'm in Vegas and Cannabis in Vegas started in 2015. And up until that point, I'd been working solely with startup companies. So like healthcare startup, fine foods, media, that kind of thing. And I was doing a lot of PR and, you know, web design and stuff. And when I started in cannabis, I didn't want to be in it. I just needed a job because I was taking two years off of getting my MBA and I just needed a job. So I show up in this industry. It's everyone's dream job. And I'm just like, nah, whatever, you know? And as I'm there, I had a friend say, Juliana, you can take this industry and connect it with anything that you love to do and make it work. And I love startups and I love business and business theory and working it like a puzzle. So like, okay, I'm going to figure this out and start consulting in cannabis. So I essentially reverse engineered everything since I was working ground floor at the dispensary. I met all the executives since back then they all delivered their own product because they just opened and weren't making money because it was medical. And I asked one of the executives who I knew had a dispensary that wasn't open and was totally empty if I could try to open their dispensary. And he said yes. So I did all the stuff and I learned all the stuff to get their dispensary open and it worked. So it was like working at the front desk of one dispensary and then opening another one for what's now they have seven dispensaries and three cultivations. (laughs) So all at one time. And that's kind of my background. Now, then I started my first consulting firm in 2016 ish. And then, you know, I've just been going since then working with people across the country, investors to open cannabis businesses. So dispensaries, cultivation, production in the most competitive states that have a limited amount of licenses. So I really go to battle with them and then open their companies. And that's what I've been doing. And then now I still do that. And we started Leaf Sheets, which is for kind of the more like gritty startup entrepreneur in cannabis. Tell me a little bit more about the difference, because that's interesting to me. You've decided that one market segment needed a little bit different approach. What was that like? And how did you come to that conclusion? I work with people with a lot of money. You have to have a lot of capital to get into cannabis, right? And because I work in limited licensing states, you have to have even more capital to get into those markets. And as I've been working with them, I've, you know, just at events and even people who would call the firm would want to get into the industry and I would hear their big idea and I would hear their passion and couldn't work with them as a client because they didn't have like consultant money and big law firm money and all of that. But also as an entrepreneur, I don't want to be part of keeping them out, you know, and limiting the industry to just, you know, a certain kind of person. So I had the idea of leaf sheets 
actually, when I very first started, I had the idea of leaf sheets of a multi-state dispensary chain and of consulting and consulting was the lowest overhead. So I went with that. And (laughs) then like three years later, I ran into my business partner, Nick, and he could do the piece that was missing for leaf sheets, which was building it, the tech. (laughs) I did not know that part. Yeah. So it's there to, to work with those people, the kind of the dreamers, we call them. That's awesome. You know, it's, I have a background in consulting as well. And one of the things that you come to grips with very quickly is once you move past the basic financial stuff, right, and you're getting your financial goals met, um, you really start to use your business as a means to help other folks. And so it's awesome that you started with that in mind. That uh, leaf sheet sounds like it's an amazing, uh, amazing thing. So I definitely want to hear more about that a little later. But when I, when we talk about how did you get your first like several clients, uh, and I guess we'll talk with about either of the businesses, whichever one you wanted wanted to speak to. How did that kind of kind of mature? How did you go from being like you know working in the dispensary angle to like congratulations, I'm a consultant? What does that look like? How did it work? Oh, it was a hustle. It was such a hustle. <laughs> the first client, I told you, I just kind of asked, you know, and then. From that point, that client referred us our next client and that they were in Ohio. And then from that point, it was really a hustle. So some people would come to us that wanted to get into the industry. And this is when I was still learning the way everything operates. So the number of people that will come in and say, we've got all this money and they don't, that kind of thing. So I was still kind of learning that, trying to, I was trying to figure out how to price things and, you know, set up at one point I quoted someone like $400,000 for a project, which made no sense. So it was really like all over the place. And then the first few clients were just people that I met in the industry. So going to you know, events and stuff. And then people would refer other people to us. So they'd say this or this cultivation facility can't get their act together. They're not being able to get open. So we'd go get them open and also just did everything. So my approach at the start was, what do you need? I pretty sure I could figure anything out. What do you need from me? What would you pay me to do? (laughs) So that was, that was how I got the first clients and which made it kind of messy because I was, none of my projects were the same. So there was like no consistency. It was all over the place, you know, that's not scalable at all. Is it? Yeah, no, not at all. So, so how did you come to grips with that? Like, as you started to work in these, these uh, situations, you must have come to a point where you're like, I can't keep running around crazy like this. I've got to do something. What was that like? That was basically getting to a point where there was enough money coming in that I even had the luxury of saying, I'm going to limit the services (laughs) that I do. And at the time I had a business partner And so we eventually, we just like sat down, we hired a team of four or five and just, you know, did our org chart of what everyone would do and then kind of structured out services that we found to be the highest value to businesses that we could consistently do that could be done monthly and not just, you know, one-offs and stuff. And then really moved forward with that. And then it was right around then that that business partnership fell apart. So that was really fun. Yeah. One of the things that I've come to grips with uh, in working with my clientele broadly, it's been, don't start a business with partners if you can avoid it. <laughs> you're, you're not ready for partnering when you start. You're ready for partnering later on, but at the start, it's very, very difficult to do that right. 
Yeah, I agree. And it's the time everyone wants to do it because you're so freaked out. You're like going out on your own. So the idea of having someone go with you seems good. Right. It's dangerous to go (laughs) alone. Take this. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. It's so tough because, um, you know, you're looking for any sense of security and that gets to that whole conversation. Right. So you were able to pivot once you had enough revenue coming in for you to be able to do that and say, no, I'm not going to do that work or yes, I'm going to do this work. When that decision came about, you must have been at a point where you started saying no to folks, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that because that's interesting as well. That was hard for me to uh, deal with. I wasn't super accustomed to saying no, but I eventually learned the people I just could not work with and what the signs were of them, which is just kind of a vibe. I could just kind of feel it by the first things they would say in a conversation, you know, right. and the what, vibe is good, but wait, I need to hear you say there's, there's things that you noticed. So I need like a yeah. top three. What are the top okay. three things that skeeve you out? So, you know, not to work with this person. One is if they try to negotiate on the price immediately, if that's their first pushback, I found with a lot of them that they were almost impossible to get them to pay their invoices, you know, like chasing them down. One was if they were too confused. So if they would come and be like, oh, you know, whatever you say, and didn't have really an idea, never was it whatever we said, you know, all of a sudden they had all these like anxieties and specifications. (laughs) And then another one would be if entering the industry, they had really unrealistic expectations and in conversations, I couldn't get them to adjust those because a lot of people will come in the industry and think everything's going to be super easy. You know, it's like, it's cannabis, you know, but really it's highly regulated. It's very competitive. It's a very, any move you make is very expensive. People upcharge just about everything you do. So that was another one that if they were to like, ah, this is going to be a breeze. I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> those are my top three <laughs> that's awesome and and that that the process of saying no i'm sorry i interrupted you back there but i wanted to make sure that we got those because you you know for the folks that are just starting out learning how to say no is a pretty important part of that conversation oh it's so important and i definitely had moments along the way that taught me how important and that you know whoa I would have been better off saying no. Whatever they paid me was not worth <laughs> the result of the scenario. Yeah, I remember in a, a situation with an early client that I had, and I had I quoted him a price, and it was outrageously low. It was like, it was, I'm hungry, low, right? right. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to, I need to put food <laughs> on the table, low prices. And I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, if I continue this engagement at this price point, I'm gonna be hating this person by the end of the engagement. Yep. And so I went back right away and told him, I'm like, look, I need to adjust my price because I don't want to hate you at the end of this. I was quite clear about it. Like by the end of this, because I want to, I want to give you reasonable service, but at the same time, like I just I, I can't meet the price that I gave you initially. So yeah. it's a big part of the process too, not just saying no, but setting expectations, right? Huge. And and so I think it's it's really interesting that you came to that conclusion. It's a little bit easier to do that though when your your uh, bank account isn't empty. Oh yeah. <laughs> Much easier when you're when you've got backing. You're like, I'll be fine without you. Yeah, exactly. Right. So when you started with the leaf sheets and you really started hitting a different market segment, did you grow that the same way you grew yeah. the, the the other business? No. 
So Leave Sheets is a product more than a service. Oh, okay. It's going to be a larger vision. So Nick and I, my business partner in Leave Sheets, what I'm really proud of us for doing is because I was so traumatized for my first business partnership, we were really careful about not just, you know, being like, okay, let's roll and sign legal documents and everything. We took the time over two years to actually build Leaf Sheets and really figure out what we wanted it to be. And I have a whole thing about capital raising and giving away equity in your company. So I didn't want to rush into that either. <laughs> we built it together and built it as a product that currently is a do-it-yourself version of all the standard operating procedures for cannabis businesses and everything that you need in order to apply and win for licenses. and. Eventually we'll do state specific ones and then there's some other aspects we'll build out, but it's much more of a product than it is a service. So that's a, that's an interesting piece as well. Cause a lot of, uh, a lot of folks in the consulting space very quickly come to terms with the idea that like, even though there's higher margins in consulting, there's a limited amount of time you have on a given day. So a lot of them go into that product business, the info product space. Um, so so that decision that you made to do that sounds like it came from a similar place. Is that true? Yes. I realized that consulting is only so scalable. And obviously, I want CanStrategy to be, you know, the largest cannabis consulting firm in the industry. That takes, (laughs) obviously, that's where I'm going with this. Leaf sheets, though, I knew would be more scalable. I knew, you know, my vision when I was like really just first started in the industry was to influence the industry in such a way that I help it move toward being a leader in business generally, because we have this blank slate. So I believe if I can help develop companies that do things in a really cool way. I would love that story, you know, and canvas has that opportunity right now to go a bunch of different directions. And in order to have that impact, I believe that leaf sheets would have to be part of that because it's, you know, much more wide ranging and allows creative and innovative entrepreneurs into the space. I think it'll be interesting to see how all that pans out. Right. And, and so it sounds like you're looking to be on the front edge of that. I want to go back just a, a minute to the process of acquiring clients. So you, you got your most of them for uh, the can strategy business through referrals and whatnot. Um, but yeah. when it comes to uh, how you do it now, are you still in that? Like, if I don't get a referral, what do you have? A, do you have an integrated strategy that you're using? What's the plan look like? I could not exist on referrals anymore. I've never felt so dependent on other people, which is contrary to my nature. <laughs> oh, so I as soon well, because I had to start over with Cam Strategy on my own. And as soon as I did, my whole thing was okay, I've got to have someone that writes content. I've got to focus on SEO. I've got to get some videos because anytime someone speaks to me, they sign with me. And if I could make that happen sooner, that would be great. So I had some videos made. I started to just interact more on certain platforms. So LinkedIn, I started to just be a lot louder and (laughs) more present. And all of those things helped. They all helped. I got, I've gotten clients just that found me on LinkedIn, which is fascinating to me. And uh, through the videos, I get a lot of, hi, I saw your video. And uh, so I'm really grateful for that. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's awesome. And at this point, you're you're pretty much good to go. That that's just you just keep up the content generation farm, and it's working for you. It's working. I have a larger vision for Can Strategy, though. So we've been doing a lot of licensing, consulting, which wasn't my original mission in all of it, but it's what people needed back then. And now everyone's moving more into being open to really being intentional about their operation, designing their brand, scaling their businesses, because I love helping companies go multi-state and so moving more into that. And so that's almost a different target. That's a whole different target of, you know, client. And I'm beginning to work on that because that client, they're very high level and they're usually not reading blogs and they're usually not watching videos online. So I'm finding different avenues to, to find those people. Awesome. Let me know when you want to get your podcast started and we'll go from there because <laughs> that's next. Um, that's awesome. Juliana, thank you so much for your time today. I definitely want um, want to make sure that our listeners can get a hold of you. So who should we send your way? Who should be uh, talking to you? And then how do we get a hold of you? Canstrategy.com. You can find me also on LinkedIn at Can Strategy. If you're an investor getting into the industry, if you have a bunch of funding, if you're already an operator and you want to scale or improve, there's that. Leaf Sheets, if you're an entrepreneur and you're excited and want to get into cannabis and are ready to put in at least some of the work, but have most of it laid out for you, then you can go to leafsheets.com and we have an email that's hi, like H-I-G-H, get it, uh, hi at leafsheets.com. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for your time today. We look forward to seeing how this works for you and your business. Uh, I'd love to have you on the podcast again soon. Thank you so much. I had so much fun with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo 
uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks.